Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Birthing Babes. My name is Juan and I'm sorry I couldn't release an episode last week. We're approaching the Christmas peak period in the retail world and we were also at the Finders Keepers Market. Today's babe is Kelly from Benaco. Listen on to hear her talk about the birth of her three boys, racing said three boys and vicious swooping magpies. a small business called Benaco, which is really just um, functional ceramics with a bit of an art bent. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to think of those ceramics as just a little bit of art for every day. Uh, you don't have to be too precious about it, completely affordable. Mostly, I understand that's a pretty privileged thing to say, Yeah, <laughs> but it's a lot more affordable than a, a paint, big painting to put on the wall. Yeah. And it'll get give you just as much pleasure. Mm. Yeah. That's a nice way to put it. People don't, you know, they don't see functional things as art as well. Yeah. I mean, if you're using it every day, Mm. I think those things, if they're um, creative and have an artistic flair to Mm. it um, or is something beautiful to look at, it just gives a bit of extra joy to your day. Yeah. So it doesn't need to be a boring Ikea mug. Yeah. It can be... Anything. This is a beautiful mug, by the way. That is um, Emily only. Ah, yeah, I like she it. is Melbourne based. Um, her name is Emily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I've seen her work before. Yeah, she's oh. um, done a few finders keepers. Yeah. Is yeah. that one of yours? No, this is Catherine. Catherine Wheeler. Uh, oh, I know her work too. Yeah, That's she's beautiful. lovely. You've got good taste. Thank you. Um, our well. Not the plates, but the um, mugs and stuff. I've thrown out all the generic ones, yeah. and I've um, just used the ceramic ones that I've been collected or made along the way. Yeah, that's I great. think it's like what you said. I feel a bit special mm. when I every time I use it, and I'm super careful when I do the dishes and stuff because, yeah. like, I've broken one, and that made me so sad. Uh, I break them all the time. <laughs> You know, we don't have a dishwasher, so it's just hand washing, which is mm. good for mm. handmade ceramics. But also, you know, you're still rushing and bash it against the table. Yeah. And yeah. Crack and, yeah. And kids, just like I said before, they break everything. Um, so I, I've never had any generic um, kitchenware. Mm. It's always been vintage mm. or handmade. Mm. Just you know, something a little bit special. Mm. And I had a really big uh, vintage collection of ceramics. Yeah. And kids just, you know, when they're small, maybe like one, so between one and 18 months, they um, just throw things. Yeah, pull everything off the shelves. We had open shelving and just it was four or five pieces a day. Oh, God. You know, been collecting for years. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we take all the handles out of our... Um, cabinets that's and smart. <laughs> we've got friends who are like oh are you changing handles we're like no that that's our child proof like child proof lock because you can keep buying those things to stick over the cabinets or the drawers and they just come off and yeah. we we do have them on our drawers and Akira's already busted one you know Hulk style she yeah. she pulled it off um so we just take the handles off the cabinet and just save ourselves some money yeah yeah. It looks weird, but it works. 
But has she figured out? Well, obviously not yet. Not figured it out yet. <laughs> no, if so she, she sees you. Do yeah, it, she she see she's seen me, but she doesn't understand. She still go for the middle yeah. instead of underneath to open mm. it. But she's become be... very um very watchful. She yeah. um, you can yeah. see the cogs like the wheels turning in their mm. brain where they go right. Yeah, I just saw you do that, and then that happens. Yeah, yeah, she'd do you know she'd do things. That I would just do, or Dan would just do. It's yeah. really cute. Yeah. I'm love. I'm loving this stage, but it's also when the tantrums are coming in as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's um, it's really hard. Like when the tantrums are coming in, because um, I think they they go for a really long time, yeah. and they come and they come and go depending on what developmental stage. Yeah. But um, it's all right. She's quite fun. Mm. most of the time mm. <laughs> yeah but okay so you started off selling your vintage ceramics collection yeah i did and um, plants and plants yeah i don't know if you remember but i bought the begonia that was that's at the front door did you? from you at fistroy market years ago yeah i remember that years ago yeah. i had a store there as well and i'm like <gasps> yeah um, wow I um I still have mine. I I kept one. Yeah. Uh, it's not looking very good. It's the stupid uh, fungus um, during winter. The mildew. Yeah. Every winter. Um, but they they bounce back. Oh, it's just annoying mine, though. Mine's looking terrible oh. right now. <laughs> Hopefully, it'll, I've been, I made babies from it. And yeah, they're they, so easy to propagate. Yeah. And they're doing well as just like sort of bonsai begonias and i've bought a couple of plants from you that's how i know you and then i'm like and then i got confused when you started doing benico and i'm like do i actually is this the same lady yeah so So, you probably missed you missed the transition i think so yeah Yeah. so the transition was happened when i had um judah your second boy uh third oh it's um Sorry, I thought Otis was your third. Oh, no, Odie is my first. Okay. <laughs> he's seven. Uh, Loki is the middle the child. Second, yeah. He's five. And, um, and then Judah is two and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I was selling um, vintage ceramics and vintage homewares and mm. plants. Just a kind of little mishmash of cute things for your house, yep. really. And then... People were always asking for vintage pots and I just couldn't source them fast enough. Mm. So I thought, I'll make my own. Pots like... For plants? Oh, I'm thinking yeah. of pots in the kitchen. Sorry. Yes. Uh, no, no, no. For with planters. Yeah. And, um, and then a new path just was forged mm. through that. Mm. And I was, you know, making furniture and... Um, repairing and restoring right. furniture as well and I was getting bigger in my pregnancy and it was getting harder mm. and so I knew I was going to need something more manageable mm-hmm. especially for when the baby came yeah and so I was just doing um, clay on my kitchen table and I did that oh while I was breastfeeding mm. you know I did it pretty much from day two of his oh my gosh I don't know existence. how you do that well, I've just spent so much time breastfeeding and, you know, he would just sleep in my arms and 
I'd pinch out a little pot or a cup. Were you wearing him? He was just lying across my lap. So, you know, it'd be one o'clock in the morning and I'd be sitting on the couch with a little table next to me and pinch out some cups and put it there. That's cute. While I watched a a series on Netflix or something. Yeah. And then, yeah, just um, so many stolen moments like that Mm. to do some work and I kept the ball rolling and it it worked and I got better and better at it and more people were interested. So now I barely do vintage. That's kind of a hobby now. So, do you still enjoy going out to source them? I love it, mm. but um, they're very time-consuming. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm. And you can do a lot of kilometres. Yeah. Um, and that was also really good to do with a small baby mm-hmm. because they don't really complain, you know. You yeah. just pop them in the carrier. Yeah. Can, or the, And they sleep in the car. Yeah. So that was... If your baby sleeps. Well, I have car sleepers. Oh, that's <laughs> that, so good. That love. Um, do they just fall asleep as soon? They still yeah. now as big kids. Yeah. Fall asleep in the car. So, yeah. Um, Akira is up and down. A lot of the time she would scream, but if I time it with her nap, it took me ages to figure out her sleeping cute, like tired cues and yeah. her routine. Um, but now I'm getting much better at it. I mean, it's been 16 months, but yeah, with the car thing, she would scream if she's in a shit mood, mm. um, or I didn't time it with her nap properly and she's in a shit mood. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's definitely been better. Yeah. The car has always been just, uh, the one easy thing. And if I could not get them to sleep, well, I could, I knew that I could put them in the car go Mm. for a drive that's what dan does now with her instead of walking the pram because right now currently it's spring so the magpies are out oh no (laughs) or they're like slowly coming out one lady got um swooped the other day walking and i could hear her scream (laughs) (laughs) they're pretty terrifying they are last year this time last year i got swooped walking in the front of my house Mm got swooped and dan got swooped to the car and it's just like from the front door yeah. to the car they're so um, vicious i got swooped in the cbd once what and it scratched my nose oh my gosh yeah. like it's little it came in so close that it's claw it scratched oh, my face that's really scary yeah i don't think people very unexpected <laughs> oh yeah definitely um we've got a handful of listeners who are not Australian who listens from America, the UK and Europe listen to this podcast. So I don't think, you know, they understand how scary <laughs> it is in spring to be swooped by birds yeah. and they're out for blood. Yeah. <laughs> they're so vicious. They're, they're pretty cranky birds. Yeah. Well, they're just protecting their kids, right? Yeah, I think so. The nest. They're just the nest. Mm. And they, yeah, when they're pretty cute though when they're teaching the baby how to do all the things and yeah and you see all these fluffy gray little birds yeah and then even when they grow a little bit bigger and they're like they're almost the same size but they're the different color yeah softer and grayer yeah and they're still kind of unbalanced almost yeah 
and yeah, the teenager stage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone's been through that awkward stage. Feed me, feed me, feed yeah. me. All right, do you want to talk about? Oh, sorry, would you like to talk about Judah's birth? Oh, sorry. No, really? yes. Here's the first one. <laughs> I'm yeah. so bad. Yeah. Um, so I finished work. I was working um, at the time. Had a desk job. So it's before I left. Mm. Uh, I had a desk job in a university, mm. and I finished at 37 weeks. Mm-hmm. And then the very next day, moved house. Uh, and then at 38 weeks. My waters broke. Do you reckon moving house and all that stress kind of hurry stuff along? Um, no, I don't think so. I think that he was just um, he was just ready. And yeah. Yeah. I remember going to um, Preston Market that day and all the women saying, oh, maybe it, your baby will come tomorrow, which was Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... I had been to Preston Market to buy food for Mother's Day, which was the next day, and all the shop owners were saying I could have a baby on Mother's Day, and I absolutely did not believe it because I was sure that I was going to go over. I think that's what everyone expects, you know, first baby. Mm. Um, uh, But uh, lo and behold, that night, my waters broke, and he was born on Mother's Day. What? When was this? May. Um, that was May 2012. What day? Um, the 31st, 13th. 13th. So, I curious, yeah. May 12th. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. So I went into labour on May 12th and he was born yeah. on May 13th. Oh, so does she ever get any Mother's Day? So last year it was the day before Mother's Day. Uh, yeah, so I. Um, she was born... On the Saturday morning, and then the Sunday was the Mother's Day. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you, you, who knows? Maybe you might get a, a shared Mother's Day. There's, it's like a, um, a six-year cycle. So yeah. every sixth year, uh, it falls on the same day. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Might. Not sure how it works. <laughs> Actually, sorry. This year, Akira's birthday, her first birthday, was on Mother's Day. Yeah, that's yeah. is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's, there's is like in the cycle. Yeah, there'll be one. Yeah, one time that it'll so, coincide. Yeah, so she did, yeah. um, which was nice. Yeah. I thought I didn't really make it about me, um, because yeah. it was her birthday, even though she doesn't know yeah. what what was happening. Yeah. yeah. Well, we um, we almost always have to celebrate Odie's birthday and Mother's Day at the same time because you know it's always that weekend. Mm. So. We do a little bit of a shared thing. Yeah, cute though. Yeah. Mm. Um, so you went in labour on... Yeah, so my water broke uh, in the evening, which I was totally surprised about, mm. um, and went into hospital for a little bit of monitoring. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they said, okay, go home and labour until you can't. You feel like the baby's coming mm-hmm. or that it's too unbearable and... Uh, come back in and finish the labor off in the birth so it's the um at the time it was a birth center yep uh, it's actually still is a birth center still running where is this at the mercy um so the birth center was in at the mercy yeah so it, it was the mercy family birth center they they've had a bit of a rebranding 
and mm-hmm. it's now the midwife group practice. Oh, okay, yeah. But it's essentially the same thing. I was doing um, research for birth centre last year, no, the, the year before Akira comes and um, it was removed. But I didn't know that it was um, a different name. But I know of the midwife's group. Yeah. Um, but that's when you were, they'd make you leave after 12 hours yeah. as well. Yeah. Which, uh, what I didn't go for, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't think I want to go after 12 hours. Because I don't know what's, you know, my first time. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, I think definitely for the first time you probably could use a little bit of extra care mm. but the midwives do come home to see yeah. you yeah. yeah um so i uh yeah so i went home after that little bit of monitoring mm-hmm. and uh went to sleep which i really regretted because it slowed my labor down okay um so the night before my partner had been out on an all-nighter mm. and i said you know, you can't do this. Who knows when the baby yeah. will arrive. Um, and, of course, the baby comes the next day. But he was exhausted and he went to sleep. And I didn't want to labor on my own. Mm. So I went to sleep too. And I think that lying down slowed the contractions. Mm. And so at 7 a.m., when things hadn't progressed, after uh, maybe 10 hours, I got really stressed out and... Went back to the midwives and they monitored me again and said, no, you're still not progressing enough. Mm. Go home and wait. And um, I think I went I went home and it got pretty painful. Mm. Um, and then I, I just, I felt like I really needed support. And so I went back in again at maybe lunchtime and... Um, and I said I didn't want to go home again. I wanted to stay and yeah. just have some help. And it seemed like it seemed like I was there for so long. But he was born at five o'clock on that afternoon. Yeah. So I must have only been in the hospital for five hours. Yeah. Laboring there. Um, By yourself. With my partner. Oh yeah. Uh, and it was. <laughs> we think of it as just. Um, you know, such a production because there was, you know, the birthing ball and we're in, I was in the shower. Mm. How was the shower with the double head? Did you get the double heads? Uh, I think so. Mm. I just had it on, like, on my back. Yeah. And, you know, as soon as I walked in the room, I'd stripped my clothes off. Yep. Went straight for the shower because I just, I knew I wanted some relief of the pain in my back. Yeah. And... Yeah, just spent, you know, hours trying to get him out as mm. well. Uh, I think I, I felt like I was pushing for three hours. I'm not too sure whether that's whether I was, but I just could not push him out. Yeah. And so he's stuck and the midwives kept saying, we can see him, mm-hmm. just got to keep, just try harder and try harder. And I had no energy left um, and he, his little head would be pressing and then go back in yeah because once you kind of stop pushing they just go yeah back in and that's kind of scary yeah and they were trying to um kind of amp me up and say have a look at your baby thinking that that's going to give me the the extra strength do you want to feel the head 
I, and I just kept saying no. Yeah, same. Because I just was so focused on trying to push it out. I didn't uh-huh. want the distraction of looking at it or feeling it. See, I was, um, I'm just like, no, I don't, yeah. I don't want to see the head. And I don't, I've, in all three, I never got, to, I never saw that. Mm. I guess thinking back now that I bit regret that a little bit, but in, in the moment, yeah, just, I, I can't, I just have a purpose mm-hmm. is to try to push the baby out mm-hmm. and that's a distraction. Yeah. So, um, so there was, I'd been pushing for too long and they were bringing in other, like the head midwife and, um, people kept coming in to try to figure out a strategy and my, um, contractions had slowed. So I could only push with a contraction because I didn't have enough strength to push without one. Mm. But the, the space between the contractions was widening. Okay. So they were slowing down. Yeah. Which meant that I could only push maybe every five minutes. Wow. And, um, and I was just so just tired. And then they said the baby was in distress and they would have to cut me. Mm. And I was terrified. I was so scared. Yeah. I think I was just whimpering and crying. And then um, one of the midwives... But by this stage, there was heaps of people in the room. And, um, and I even thought that I was going to have to go into the hospital, mm-hmm. which is just through some doors. Yeah. Um, at, this, at no point they were offering you pain relief? Uh, so I was using, had been using the gas. Mm. But what I, I found, what I realised later was that I was breathing out through the tube instead of in. Oh. So I was really just using it as a... More like a breathing, um, like to help with your breathing rather than... Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what they want you to use the gas for. Um, every time I was having pain through contractions, the midwife's like, okay, use the gas. You can breathe the gas in. Yeah. But it also, they're also telling you how to breathe properly. And also maybe because you're breathing through that little tube, you're really focused Focus, yeah. and you're drawing in slowly. Mm. So it's... I mean, obviously, the breathing is really important. Yeah. And it helps bring you back to the breathing. Yeah, yeah. Because you're also thinking that you're going to get pain relief. Because mm-hmm. you can kind of like, okay, it's it's easy to tell someone to breathe. But then if you're telling someone to breathe with something, they're kind of, like what you said, they're mm-hmm. focusing on that and breathing it in yeah. and breathing it out. And you, um, yes, continue. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that was the only pain relief. Uh so yeah, it hurt a lot. Mm. Um, that and you can't have an epidural in the birth center mm-hmm. because that requires all of the monitoring. You need to be in the hospital for that. Mm. Um, and so I did think that I was going to have to have a cesarean, and I thought, how on earth are they going to get me to stay still into that room because oh. the baby, you know, he's in the birth canal, so I can't move mm. anywhere. Mm. And I was just really, I remember focusing on. You know, being afraid of ha- that movement. Were you on a bed? Uh, no, I was kind. I was crouching, crouching against the bed. Mm. So uh, it was all um, active positions. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I got onto the bed at all. And uh, they had a little birthing stool as well. Mm-hmm. In the end, um, they just had me turn around mm-hmm. and. So I had been facing, I had been leaning against the bed, mm. 
and they had me turn around and lean my back against the bed mm-hmm. and that was that position change um, was what got him out oh. so I think I must have been just too curled up yeah leaning forward yeah and then when I leant backwards it just he, happened yeah yeah so and, and right at the moment when they said you know we are going to cut you you're like nope yeah, but I could I just could not bring muster the strength to push him out mm. so I'm so glad that someone suggested changing of position mm. and um yeah there he was the ring of fire is pretty real oh yeah and you just keep backing away from it yeah. Because it kind of hurt and yeah. you don't want to go towards that pain. Yeah. And I I, I mean, I tore as well. Mm. And th- to me, that was probably the, I think, I don't know. Was that the worst pain? I think it was. It's, that was memorable pain as well. You feel yourself tearing. Yeah, because I tore at the front and not, oh. <laughs> which is... That's Not, pretty shitty. <laughs> yeah. I was upset about that for ages. And now I look back. Did you know that could happen? Did you know you can tear from the front? No. Mm. I mean, expected tears. Because they only talk about tearing downwards. Yeah. So this is like a sideways tear. Oh. <laughs> labia tear. What? I didn't hear about that either. Yeah. I didn't know about that either. I, I didn't mean, knew about that. I guess that's. Like somewhere has to tear to relieve the pressure because, you know, the the baby's head is just pushing. Something's got to give. (laughs) Yeah. Why are we talking about this again? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know, memory lane. (laughs) But then the stitches, having the stitches hurt so much more. And that's when I realised that I hadn't really been drinking, uh, breathing the gas. Because they gave me gas for the stitches. Really? And it made me so sick. My head span, I didn't feel good at all. You would think they would do something better than gas. Yeah. The Maybe because they... Really, I didn't like the surgeon. She was really mean. Was she older? Younger. Oh. Actually, this was probably something I was going to put in a complaint letter for a long time. Mm. But I never did. But... um. Uh, I asked how many stitches she was putting in and she said well you don't need to know that everyone wants to know it's like some kind of badge of honour and and I just wanted to know because this is something that's being done to my body Yeah, I want to know what's happening that's pretty fair and she said don't worry we'll make you look 18 again oh rude yeah yeah. so you know I think there's a lot of internalised misogyny Mm. in if, you know, in the world, and I think a lot of that was coming out in that surgeon. Mm. So that was, and that you know, I guess there's always a bummer somewhere mm. in a story. So yeah, yeah. But you don't expect that from a professional. No. Mm. Um, maybe I had offended her because I commented that she was so young, and I asked her how old she was. Ah, uh, so she kind of, she's got a chip on her shoulder. Maybe. But I was just shocked. I mean, I guess because you expect a surgeon to be older. So. And was, maybe you're just curious as well. Like, yeah. wow, how old are you? Yeah, you know, it's just a that's, question. Yeah, 
because it's an achievement to become a surgeon exactly at a mere 24 years old mm. like whoa that's you've you know yeah spent you know done things faster than everybody else mm. so mm. i think it's worth commenting on not for her apparently <laughs> no. shit yeah um but uh, uh you know aside from that it was i guess it was an easy labor very easy birth mm. It was, it was done. <laughs> and I did it again. Two more and times another. after that. Jesus. It didn't sound easy to me. Yeah, I don't know. I hear so many. I mean, you only hear the bad stories, really. No one talks about the easy birth. I, I would say mine compared to yours was easy. Mm-hmm. But you're saying yours is easy. Like, well, who do you compare it to, though, right? It was well, your first birth. Yeah. Are you saying that Judah's and Loki's one was harder than that? Oh, God, no. No, okay. they, <laughs> no they, were, they were easy. Okay. I, yeah, I mean, I mean, I hear so many horror stories where people's lives are on the line. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So I guess when you compare it to that, mm. I think all birth is, is going to be difficult. Mm. But... Yeah. You know, as to what what level you get. Yeah. That's and you true. don't know until you're in it. That's the scary part. Yeah. And that's something you can't plan for, I guess. Mm. It wasn't in, well, we didn't really have a birth plan, but it wasn't even in the birth plan. What if something happens to me or the baby? Uh, we didn't even discuss that. Yeah, at all. All we did was just, we'd just do whatever we were told to do. Yeah. Just take it as it comes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, thinking about how things can go wrong, mm. we are kind of naive to expect that it would go, you know, uh, straightforward mm. and not have discussed what would happen if, yeah. if things went wrong. And I think we were optimistically hopeful that everything was going to go yeah. right. And it did. So. Yeah. You know, we got to spend, after that, we, we spent about 12 hours um, in the room. Mm. And my partner got to stay. Cause You've got, got a private room? Um, they give you a private room in the um, birth centre. Oh, okay. So uh, you give birth and then you stay in that room, um, I guess, 12 to 24 hours. Mm. So he was born at five. I think we were out the next day by lunchtime. Mm. Um, and then we went home and the midwife comes and checks checks things are okay and he had jaundice so we were back into the hospital pretty quickly oh wow for um uh, the light the lights yeah was it pretty bad yeah Mm. he was a he was actually really tiny as well so Mm. yeah um 2.7 kilos Mm. and then his first way at home the next day was 2.5 kilos. Mm-hmm. So he was just really, his ribs were sticking out and oh. no body fat. So you said, uh, what was it called? Early term? Early term. So it just, he was term, 38 weeks. Yeah. It's, it's full term, but it's on the early side. Right. And so in those last couple of weeks is where they put on their, yeah, yeah. I think it was called brown fat. So mm. when they chub up. And so he came out like a little sparrow, really. 
tiny little baby. And you still tall. Yeah, yeah. I guess was it his position? It might have been. I can't even remember which way he was facing when Mm. he came out. Maybe he was facing downwards, which is a bit harder. Yeah. Or upwards. Downwards. Wait, I think they're supposed to face down. When they come out upwards. When was it? There's a term called face to pubes. Isn't that? That's the heart. I think it's a bit harder. Yeah. Yeah. So he was facing... I don't know. I can't oh, even remember. Yeah. I should have um, looked that up. I think we've got some photo evidence somewhere. Really? I think so. Um, what about Judas and Loki's birth? Um, so they were so easy uh, compared to the first time. And so they were quite quick. Really quick. So um, when I was having this, my second baby, Loki, my water broke in the night as well and it took about an hour for contract contractions to start so water broke at midnight i was in the hospital at two and he was born at half past three what yeah <laughs> so it just it happened so fast and i made rob pack his swimsuit because i thought we were gonna have to get in the shower again and do the whole laboring in the shower thing and you know, as soon as we got to the to the hospital, the woman there who was take you know takes your Medicare card to check you in mm. just said, "Go in," because <laughs> she could see that I was about to have a baby. Yeah, and she's seen some shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she, people have had given birth, you know, in the foyer before. But um, I basically got on the bed, and Rob went to make a cup of tea, <laughs> and the midwife had to call him back. And he said that I was just laying there and basically farted out the baby. <laughs> but it was like that quick. Wow. You know, a couple of pushes. And, you know, I, I basically said, I'm going to vomit, I'm going to vomit. And she said, okay, here we go. And and I think because I think it's that um, like the turning or when. Transition. The transition um, is when you want to vomit. And so mm. she, she knew that the baby was coming and really it was a couple of pushes and he was out. That's really interesting. So far I've heard when you feel like you can't do it anymore, which is what I did. I said to the midwife that I can't do it. But I don't know whether or not I'm saying that because I felt that that's what people say mm. and I wanted support. Yeah. I know this sounds odd. Oh, no, I look through all of the births, even the fast ones, I said, I can't do this anymore. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Mm. Because it's just, it's hard. It's yeah. So hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I've heard that when you need to poo, when you feel like you need to poo, sorry, is when that's like, yeah, the baby's coming. Yeah. Well, I guess because they're like, they're there. The pressure. Pushing. Yeah. But I've never heard the vomit thing. That's really interesting. Mm. Mm. And then you farted the baby out. Yeah. Just, yep. Yeah. Shot him out. <laughs> Do you know that you were having boys? Uh, not with the second one. Mm. Um, we kept that a surprise. And then I think that surprise was a bit stressful. Like right. the waiting and yeah. the one, you know, I think I was just too consumed with what variety of baby I was yeah. <laughs> So we found out with the third. Yeah. Um, yeah. And how was the labor and birth for 
Judah. Judah. Um, he, so I had to be in, induced for Judah okay. because I had gestational diabetes oh. and they were a bit worried that he was going to be too big. Um, sorry, with Loki, was he on time? He was early. As uh, well? early term again, 37 mm. weeks. Okay. And then I thought, oh, for sure, Judah will come at 36 weeks. Yeah, because it's and, been a week yeah. earlier. And... Um, and I was in, induced at 39 and a half weeks, which they just um, popped my waters. That's mm, it. Mm. And then I went and got a coffee, walked around the car park, walked oh up God. and down some stairs. And like an hour later, <laughs> he was born. So what? It just so quick. That's crazy. Yeah. So that they broke my waters at 10.30 and he was born at 1.30. Mm. So, you know, an hour of walking around to get labor mm. started but mm. once soon as it labor started it was all on so your um i guess naturally your water your waters broke before you start going into labor for your first and second kid yeah. um, kids and was it like um gushing out or was it leaking yeah so the the first time it was like a little fire hydrant oh shit like an arc oh my god <laughs> yeah i guess there's a lot of pressure in there what were you doing um i was just lazing around the first time um lying on bed and the second time i had had this really weird dream which i guess looking back was the pressure of the baby's head yeah but i dreamt that you could use veggie dogs as tampons you know if it like vegetarian sausages Yes. It's like I had dreamt that they're made of an organic material. It's really absorbent, so you can use them as a tampon. But they're too long. They're too long and it presses on your cervix. And that's obviously my brain (laughs) can feel that something's pressing on my cervix, which is my baby's head. And it just transports that into a dream about Yeah. You have really vivid dreams when you're pregnant. I remember that. Yeah. Mm. But Weirdly, what I've realized is that I stopped dreaming while I was breastfeeding. Really? Yeah. I didn't start dreaming again until I gave up breastfeeding only recently. And then I was just like, oh my God, dreams are so annoying. <laughs> I just want to go to sleep, damn it. Yeah, well, just, you know, they just play these silly stories mm, mm. and make you feel weird when you wake up. Last night I had a dream that I used a public toilet to poo. <laughs> And there's a cleaner in the toilet who just kind of stood there, just waiting. I'm like, what are you waiting for? And some, another person in the stall, she goes, are you just going to stand there while we poo? <laughs> oh my God. It was odd. Um, well, I had to actually check that I didn't poop myself. Oh, really? Because I don't you know, could, who knows what happens. Very vivid dream. Yeah. Um, when you have children, taking them into public toilets is always fun. I am not looking forward to that at uh, all. Oh my god! I had when toilet training Odie, and I had to take. Um, you know, he just says he's in the car and he says I have to poo, so I look around. Here is Brunswick Private Hospital. Let's quickly go in and mm-hmm. use their bathroom. Mm-hmm. And I've got a toddler with me who begins to lick the walls oh. of the the toilet in the foyer of the hospital. Oh. Gastro ensues. Oh god! <laughs> but that night. But, you know, like, because I'm trying to help a, 
a little kid on the toilet and I don't have hands to hold the toddler. Yeah. Um, another great one is when you um, you take a little kid into the toilet and they say, Mummy, that lady's doing a poo. <laughs> or like, Mum, oh, are you doing a poo? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it a poo? Okay. Um, just a wee this time. Because they, they just they have to know what's happening. Yeah, it's so funny. Yeah. Akira doesn't, well, I can kind of like, you know, put her in the trolley at the moment when we go out. Mm. Um, so it's it's fine, but this is not a toilet thing but um you know when we go out to gardening i know it doesn't look like we've been gardening for a while winter's been really bad this year um but she would help me water the plants you know just fake which is super cute but then she would also pick the soil up and eat and eat the soil i'm like no what are you what are you doing they have to discover the world through their mouth yeah they do yeah yeah it's really cute but at the same time it's like okay well now you know she would open her mouth go ah so i have to like fish all the soil out and (laughs) my kids still do that when they've eaten something they don't like i don't even want to know what it's going to be like in the toilets once she can you know once she starts once i just can't strap her in the um, the trolley anymore Mm. well you know if you've if you can put her on your lap while you're yeah, on the toilet. Yeah. In um, Europe, they have these little, like a seat inside. Cute. You just slip your kid into, like a, almost like a high chair. Yeah, yeah. Attached to the wall of the toilet. That's so cute and very considerate, actually. Yeah. And they can't get out of that. Yeah. So. Yeah, suck shit. <laughs> yeah. Just leave you there. Um, were the three pregnancies the same you feel uh no they got progressively harder Mm. and i think i got older and taking care of kids and then you know one kid and then two kids yeah so the first one was easy i mean i have a really hard time with morning sickness Mm. throughout Um, the whole pregnancy no just in the first 16 weeks Mm. uh, i basically want to die oh it's just so bad it takes a lot of energy out of you as well yeah yeah and just just being constantly nauseous like you've been on a merry-go-round you know car sick 100% of the time Mm. that was how it was for me yeah um but when I was with my first pregnancy I was really fit so still doing aerobics and yoga doing yoga every day Mm. so um I didn't feel any of the effects on my body Mm -hmm. I was strong and I bounced back really quickly, um, still felt fit and strong, looked the same as I did before I had a baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a little bit harder the second pregnancy the second time, mm-hmm. felt a bit heavier. Mm-hmm. But then the third time was I felt old, I felt heavy, I felt creaky, my hips kept popping out. Oh. Um, so I'd be walking down the street, you know, pushing two kids in a pram, two kids were too big to be in a pram mm. so and then suddenly my hip would just slip out of joint and i'd crumble and oh my gosh yeah that was really painful and i'd forgot completely forgotten about that like almost immediately so mm. yeah so it get, i think it gets a bit harder every time because your body has to carry so much yeah. weight and i got um gestational diabetes yeah and i had to have insulin took me a really long time to figure out the right dose um, um, I didn't get my diagnosis until too late as well 
because it was Christmas and somehow they'd forgotten to tell me that I had oh, <laughs> diabetes. Oh my gosh. And until like 34 weeks. Wow, because the test is at 28 weeks. Yeah, yeah. So I had, yeah, gone too long without. Because mm, they pressure you so much to take the test. Yeah. And, and then uh, my midwife said, so how are you going with the diabetes? And I, I said, um, I think you've got the wrong person. Oh, my gosh. She said, no, no, it's here. And no one had told me. Did you feel different? Like, I did felt you... really exhausted. I felt like I remember closing the door of the washing machine and that even that action was mm. exhausting. Oh, wow. And I, so I think that's because my body just couldn't get any glucose right so that's what happens when you've got the diabetes it stops your body from using the glucose so Mm. that's just being stored as fat i think you're not getting the energy from the food that you eat Mm -hmm. so yeah i felt pretty crappy (laughs) yeah shit um during the birth for your three kids was there okay so for your first birth did something happen that you're like you you just didn't think that could happen um no i don't think there was anything particularly surprising maybe that tear yeah a tear at the front yeah that front tear yeah that that was surprising mm. um and i think Definitely after I had my second baby, Loki, mm. I had a prolapse oh. and that was surprising. So I hadn't, I didn't know anything about that. And I think that that happened because I'd been pushing so long with my first baby Yeah. that um, I guess my body was just stretched too far. What is a prolapse? So my um, uterus had sort of fallen down. Right. Because the, the muscles are stretched. Yeah. You've got all the, um, what's it called? Re- relactant? No. The, thi- the the hormone that relaxes your muscles and allows you to push the baby out. Oxy. No, it's, um, I think it's, it's called something like relax. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, we'll look it up. Um, it's what softens all your joints. Yeah. Um, yeah. To allow them okay. to move. Mm-hmm. And, and that was released a few weeks before you were due to go, right? Yeah, but I think the I, I feel like it doesn't go back. So for each, um, like it doesn't bounce back. So my hips were wider after oh, I, I okay. gave birth, and my feet were bigger. Wow. I don't think that the the cartilage stretches back. Yeah. Anyway, there's no cartilage in um, your pelvic floor, but it's. It's just pushed to its limits. Right. Um, and so after I had Loki, I just started cleaning the house and I was on my feet. No one had told me to lie down mm. and relax. At this time, you didn't know that you had a prolapse. No. Yeah. Um, and I think I was just on my feet after, you know, within hours of having a baby because mm. I just thought, you know, go back to it tiny little babies sleeping so I might as well get some work done yeah and um yeah and then I thought oh something doesn't feel right something is very uncomfortable and it was just that my um 
you know, cervix had come right down <laughs> and which eventually went back. Mm. But because it was only hours after giving birth and I'm not resting. And that's what surprised me. It surprised yeah. me that no one had told me that I should be resting. It seems so, um, I guess people just, it's so obvious that they don't need to mention it. Mm. But yeah, so that's the thing that surprised me the most. And with um, Judas? Um, that was, I felt like by the time I had Judah, I knew everything. <laughs> you know, there's, I don't think there's anything that surprising. Yeah. You know, he was, su- that was such a straightforward birth. Yeah. Um, colic, maybe. <laughs> he was a colicky oh, baby. Yeah. So, and I, that was unexpected because I, I didn't know what that was, mm. which is essentially a baby that cries all the time. Yeah. He cried for the first year of his life. No. Oh. More than he didn't. So that was pretty stressful. Did you have to go to get diagnosed? Well, did Judah have to get diagnosed or? No, mm. I didn't. I think the doctor just said, the GP yeah. just said that's a colicky baby. Yeah. It's not, a, they don't even know what colic is. Just yeah. It sucks that there's no further support. I don't know. I just feel like we don't, you know, we're still learning being first-time parent mm. or third-time parent. And, well, your colic, you know, with Judah being colic, that's the first time you've ever had to deal with that. And yeah. a lot of the time the GP would just go, okay, well, this is what's happening. Just deal with it. Oh, yeah. Mm. There was actually, I, that's what I feel like. There was so much of just deal with it. Mm. And even with um, with Loki, who had reflux, but didn't get diagnosed with reflux until really late, because when I'd taken him to a GP, and she dismissed it and said, mm. well, everyone thinks their baby has reflux. Babies vomit. And I should have trusted my instinct, because I've had a baby before. Mm. I know how much they vomit. Mm. Yeah, sure, they bring up some milk after you feed them. Mm. But... My baby was vomiting his entire stomach load, mm. like a pelican, <laughs> down yeah. my back. Yeah. And he was crying all the time in pain. And um, I, so I did just, I just, you know, put up with it. And it was, that was actually pretty hard because that's another crying baby. Mm. Um, but uh, when I went back to that same GP to say, I think I might have postnatal depression and because of the, all the crying and the, mm. it was quite stressful. And she said, oh, there's something wrong with your baby. Oh. <laughs> the same doctor who had dismissed my concerns mm. previously mm. said, he's in pain. He's got reflux. And I'd been pushing through yeah. for months. So what made, what made her listen to you? Because you go to her saying that there might be something wrong with you. Well, because I think he was sleeping the day that, I had taken him in, so mm. she couldn't see him crying. Oh, okay. So just... Oh, I see, yeah. Just really um, dismissed my concerns. Right. Uh, and then by the time he did get diagnosed, he was so close to growing out of it anyway. Mm. So we'd gone through... All that, yeah. Six months of pain. Yeah. Well, how's mum life for you now? Hectic. Yeah. <laughs> it's... Um, I So I... same before i think that raising children is harder than babies Mm -hmm. and 
three boys it's i mean they're, they're great they're so funny and they you know enrich my life in so many ways but they kill me as well <laughs> they're so active they're there's so much bickering and fighting yeah so my life is um as a cleaning sometimes i think i'm like a mum bot mm. which is just cleaning feeding um and being a referee yeah breaking up fights and yeah and they they really fight hard play fights play fights that quickly turn into real fights mm. And back again, mm. you know, so they're screaming because they're having fun and they're screaming because someone's eye has been oh. <laughs> snapped out. Yeah. You know, that's, and that's constant. Mm. So, and they're just, they're really active. A handful. And tie that in with work. Mm. I reckon that can be a big stressor. I think having, moving my studio out of the house has just been a godsend because trying to combine children and work is there's a big conflict and I think that conflict causes too much stress mm. it's great to work from home when you have to but mm-hmm. as your only thing mm. um, as the only option when you've got kids around can be just a bit too hard yeah but um, I definitely try to make time to be with them and not working mm-hmm um, and they definitely see me, they, they do see me working a lot. Yeah. And I think that's one of the best things that I can give them mm. is, um, you know, showing them commitment, commitment to a task. Yeah. Good, strong work ethic. Yeah. As any self-employed person has. Yeah. Yeah. So um, how are you finding working with um, the baby? I, I find it quite hard. But, you know, I work from home mm. and at the moment it works for me because, um, you know, Akira is still little, but at the mm. same time she's kind of getting old enough to play by herself, even mm. if it's just for 15 minutes at a time. I'll just, you know, once I see that, okay, she's getting into that playful mode by herself now, mm. I'll just kind of duck out a little bit yeah. to the front of the house, not like <laughs> not to go out of the house and do a bit of work. And then, mm. you know, she'll, um, once she's kind of realized that I wasn't there anymore or kind of like, okay, mom, I want you back. She'll, you know, start her post protesting at the baby gate where she'll mm. just throw her toys over. Yeah. Or if she wants to go outside in the backyard, she'll get her shoes <laughs> and, you know, she'll go, ah, 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 and then, um, and then she'll kind of like throw it over the baby gate if yeah. I if I don't respond to her quick enough. Um, it's working for me at the moment, mm. but I do understand that, you know, um, it'll, it'll have to be moved out of the house at some stage. Yeah, and you'll know when it's time. Yeah. That's, I, I think I moved out of, moved this to the studio at just the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my business started getting a bit yeah. bigger. Yeah. I was, I was taking up more space in the house and the mm. kids, at the, at the same time, the kids were a little bit bigger and could go to childcare mm-hmm. and yeah. Yeah. Um, who knows if, if I ever had another baby one day. Would you, you want know, another one? I used to think that I would want, I wanted four, but I think now the age range is too big. Like it just too many 
too many things happening. Yeah. And, you know, maybe, but probably not. But if I did, I'd have to work from home again. Yeah. So. True. It's good, you know, it's good that you can be flexible when you work for yourself. I think so. Yeah. It's still pretty stressful, but Mm. it's, you know, it's your stress, I guess, and... I feel like we do this kind of thing and and you must be the same because if you're self-employed you do it because it gives you satisfaction that you can't find in another job yeah so we kind of do it because we can't do anything else Mm. even though technically of course we can do it a million other things Mm. but this is the thing that drives us and I don't want to do anything else (laughs) yeah yeah I leaving my um you know, very good and secure desk job yep. was the best thing I've ever done. Yeah, same. And and having children. So, you know, the two thing, those two things together, yep. which is really, um, is my life, is, is my business and my children. Yeah. So, yeah. I feel pretty lucky. I think so, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And it sounds like you've got it all sorted. Uh that's <laughs> I'm glad I project that <laughs> no gosh nothing's ever sorted you just get by yeah you know yeah it's, it's sorted enough yeah you're content you're happy yeah yeah thank you so much for your time today oh thank you <laughs> it's my um favorite topic to talk about yeah and um I guess uh thank you the listeners and don't forget to rate us wherever you're listening and subscribe if you haven't already cool (laughs) all right bye